Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Our next guest is the senior base pilot for the Royal Flying Doctor Service, Nick Tully. Um, born and bred um, has in Outback Queensland. He has been a pilot for 16 years, nine of which have been based out of Charleville in Western Queensland. Obviously, a lot of people, the, the Mayor, we spoke to Sean Radnich all the time from out there, um, but Nick joins us this morning. Nick, thanks so much for being with us, mate. No worries. Thanks, Ben. Good to be here. Yeah. Um, firstly, um, I, I tip my hat to you, and I mean this in, in all sincerity, to be a pilot, one thing, but to fly for the Royal Flying Doctor Service, I mean, there is nothing more, I suppose, rewarding from a, a job perspective, challenging, um, dangerous, uh, all of the above, but uh, terribly fulfilling, I suspect, to be able to actually make a difference every single day. Uh, it certainly is, and I think um, having a rural background as well and growing up in an isolated setting, you really get to understand the, the importance and the need of the flying doctor. So to be able to come back and, and um, work for such an iconic organisation and combine some of my great loves of the bush and, and flying as well and combine that with a service that really makes a difference has been certainly a very rewarding career so far. I started in the Territory and, uh, and, and spent a lot of time throughout Queensland regionally. Um, and I have had, and I've said this, detailed this before, the Royal Flying Doctors actually saved my life through an accident. And the biggest thing that everybody talked about was the car lights, the Toyota lights on the airstrip at, at that Miles Condamine airstrip before it had lights and, and the, doctor, the, the Royal Flying Doctor pilot having to sweep the runway for ruse before it was fenced off and then trying to land with lights. And I suspect... Yourself, being a pilot and having to, to land at night at different challenges, there's been some some incidents where you haven't had the correct lighting and there's been Toyotas and and people trying to start up lights to try and make a landing strip so you actually know where you're actually landing in the past. Yeah, there certainly has. So um, luckily things have improved these days and, um, and everyone, most stations and communities and roadhouses and that sort of thing are fairly well equipped. So... Uh, the car headlight landings went out in 2014, just after I started with the RFDS. So yeah. I was lucky enough to train on them, have the experience to do it. But uh, they were sort of were phased out just from the sheer risk of the operation. Sure. So we sort of turned to the toilet roll uh, replacement. If no, if you had nothing else, toilet rolls were sort of the um, the go to. Yep. You know, generally, everyone has. It's a bit yep. of a bit of a rigmarole to get them set up, and it's very messy and. Um, and a little bit dangerous in fuel and, and all sorts of stuff. So that's sort of where we've led with this today. But um, certainly we conduct in Charleville probably around 10 to 15 night landings a year on stations. And um, and even this year, we've seen with increase in rainfall, uh, a lot more grass on the ground. So people are having a lot more accidents on motorbikes. The cattle are all a bit sappier, so people are getting rolled a bit more in the yard. And we've seen a big increase in our station work. So uh, I think I've done about four or five night landings myself this year, and that's been on a variety of... Uh, battery flares, kerosene lights, toilet rolls, uh, and even one where it was just a bit of sand chucked in. They luckily had some tins, and we chucked some sand and tins and got them going and, and used them to get in for a uh, helicopter crash as well. I've got to ask you, so through all your research and you talk about that, and you talk, I remember the toilet rolls as well very much, and, and, and they're all set up. You, you've done a lot of research, and, and there's been a game changer with the kerosene lanterns and, you know, you know that were once – only used, you know, I remember them at the roadworks, but th- there's been a, a real shift and, and something that could be an absolute game changer for everybody listening to us on Outback and Isolated Stations and throughout that, we could really make a difference and, and, and provide a real safety strip for everybody. 
Yeah, so the reason for this shift, um, it came about from a – we did a job out of Batuta one night and um, it was a fairly routine one. We go there quite often a night and the station owner had battery lights. And when I got out there over the top and he went to put them out, they'd had um, – his lights he had were Chinese made. There's nothing wrong with battery LED lights as long as they're maintained and batteries are changed regularly. And what we were sort of starting to find uh, throughout the rural areas was that there's a lot of change in management these days, a lot of places are company-owned, and these sort of things tend to fall – uh, on the wayside, and people forget about them until there's an emergency. So, um, you know, when you a couple hundred k from town, you can't just duck down and get a set of batteries in an emergency. So, come an emergency, we were finding that people weren't looking after their their lanterns uh, or their battery lights, and uh, was starting to cause a few issues. So, after that job at Batuta, the station owner said to me, "said Look, can I get some? Is there anywhere chance I can get some kerosene lights again? If they exist anymore?" I said, "Look, I don't know. I haven't seen any for years, but I'll I'll start looking around." And so we. Um, it took a fair bit of looking to find them, but we found a product in the Netherlands, uh, which in the old days they were referred to as either a Toledo torch or a smudge pot, which is basically just a round cylinder, uh, looks a bit like a bowling ball with a flat bottom uh, with a wicken candle on the top. So we, we got a set of those, and uh, every year we conduct annual night training uh, in Charl, a whole RFDS does, and we chose a station out that was nice and dark south of Cheapy and um, trialled them over five nights and found them very successful. So... From there, the idea involved into the RFDS will provide our own kits that will be available to the community. Uh, and the beauty about the kits and kerosene is that you can just chuck them in the back of the shed and completely forget about them. And come an emergency, every station has diesel and they all have a match. And that's all you need to get them going. So there is no maintenance required in the kits. Uh, there's some detailed instructions on, one, how to put them out properly, what yep. to look for on a runway when you put them out. So ant beds and kangaroos and chase all that stuff off and make sure there's no stuff in the paddock. And also there's a detailed list there of what the RFTS pilot will ask you in the emergency. So it's very easy to prepare and have that information and anyone on the on the property can access that and should be able to put them out. Which So hopefully that will lead to better outcomes, not only for our pilots ourselves, safer outcomes for us, but when you're in the um, you know, anxiety of an emergency, having some clear detailed instructions will hopefully make it a lot more less stressful for the stations as well. They're vernon proof as well, aren't they? Which means that, you, you know, if you do leave them out, they're, they're not going to get destroyed. Well, I hope so. Probably the only thing that I'm a little bit worried about would be the wicks, but uh, yeah. it's easy easy to buy wicks. We can we can put uh, people that have sets, you know, we can put them on the supply to buy replacement wicks, but uh, they come in a custom-made uh, heavy-duty um, stainless steel box, yep. or aluminium box, I should say, and so they should be able to just be chucked away in the back of the shed where it's nice and dry and, and forgotten about and just used when they need it. So talk to me about, um, and we're talking with Raw Flying Doctor Service uh, Senior Base Pilot <laughs> Nick Tully. Yeah, obviously, these this is going to be a long-term solution, you hope. And some stations will want to buy these themselves and they'll want to get them underway. Is there a pack that, that, that people who are listening today could buy? Is there – or is this in its initial stage? What What's the process from here? Uh, so we've had the first 30 orders um, have been delivered and we ran a um, – once the idea came into fruition, the RFTS media team ran a – they called it the Guiding Lights campaign and ran a fundraising campaign, which was extraordinarily successful. They raised, I think, just over $200,000. Yep. So the first 30 sets were delivered free of charge. Yep. Um, just people rang up and interested and we got them out. And now that's just finished. We're chasing quotes again for another order. Uh, if stations want to ring up and register their interest, you can't buy them as such yet. Yep. But we're hoping that we can get the next probably 60 sets will be, again, um, they'll be fundraised for and, and donated to stations that are interested. So I do have a phone number here for anyone yep. that wants to ring up and register. Yep. Uh, it is 
uh, or otherwise, just contact your local RFES base. Um, tell them you're interested. The set will make sure that your the strip is registered and uh, it is suitable for night operations. And um, yeah, depending on the interest, we hope to to supply what's out there. At six thousand dollars a set, roughly, they're not by any means dear for people. And I think that we should be looking at everybody making donations to try and register and try and raise some more money. And and the goal is obviously that everybody who has a registered airstrip uh, with the Royal Flying Doctor Service that so that is deemed safe and acceptable for night, that they all have these long-term uh, lanterns uh, sitting by. What a, what a fantastic, fantastic initiative. And, and you must be terribly uh, happy about it. I mean, obviously, um, you don't want to be landing at night. That's the, the bottom line. In a perfect world, you're not because that means that there's no – but the reality is that that's going to continue to happen and the safety of the pilot and the patients um, coming in and leaving is, is paramount, isn't it? That's correct. So, um, you know, often when you're going into these places, it's the it's the worst day that some people have ever experienced. So if we can make everything a little bit easier, a little bit more streamlined and a little bit safer for all those involved, uh, that's going to lead to a much better outcome. So, yeah, hopefully it's funny how something that's um, been around for so long can be reinvented and hopefully um, you know, lead to much better outcomes. Yeah, really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, like really appreciate your time. Nick Tully, what a great thing. And this, that number is 0738601122 to register whether or not you would like some of the Royal Flying Doctors um, lighting kits, um, kerosene lighting kits, which uh, they are now registering to try and look for, for another 60 sets. So the first 30 lighting sets have been um, delivered to the stations and it is now an opportunity if you are interested to register your interest, 07-3860-1122. Nick, I appreciate your time. Thanks for being with us, mate. No worries. Thank you very much. Good on you. We'll take a break. Come back with more Rural Queensland today.